In this episode, I am in Canada for Canadian Music Week, and I decided to hold a meetup. Let's see who showed up and what they had to ask. Right now is the best time ever to be in the music industry. The opportunities to build, engage, and monetize a fan base has never been easier. So why do so many artists still feel stuck and frustrated? Because the music industry is constantly evolving, and they aren't. I created this podcast as a way to help you navigate the music industry, to stay up to date with the changes, to help get your mind focused on what really matters. My name is Rick Barker, and I went from living homeless on the streets, addicted to drugs, to helping launch one of the biggest stars in the world. I've consulted major labels like Sony and Big Machine Records, TV talent shows like American Idol and The Launch. I co-authored the $150,000 music degree, and I speak at music conferences all over the world. I have a goal, to affect millions of people with songs I didn't write or perform by helping creatives just like you get your content out to the world. This podcast is one of my ways to achieve that. Welcome to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. Helping you navigate the music industry, here's Rick Barker with the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast. So we are here in the lobby of the Sheridan Center, Toronto, uh, Canadian Music Week. Super pumped and excited to be here. And I just threw it out on social, said, hey, we'll do a meetup, 8 o'clock. Join me in the lobby. And what what do you know? Some folks showed up. So uh, let's go around the table. Uh, if you could hear other people in the background, we apologize. So we'll all kind of lean in and see what happens here. But introduce yourself. Uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself in like 30 seconds or so. And then let's just start answering some questions. Let's start talking. Sure. Yeah, my name's Alex Stewart. Um, I call myself an artist advocate. Um, started out as an artist and then realized that I wanted to help them more than wanted to be one. So I uh, started a YouTube series called Balcony Sessions with the Alex Stewart Project. Uh, started making marketing material for musicians just to come up, play their music, and uh, hang out. Started uh, working with a few artists around the city. And uh, now I'm working for them, trying to get them shows. How'd you, find, how'd you find me? Um, um, podcast initially. Okay. I started with just searching on the podcast on uh, on iTunes, just saying like you know music industry podcasts, and then the music industry blueprint came up. Boom! And I love how I love how short your episodes are because they just it's just easier, sure, concise to the point. So that's what hooked me. I love your long episodes too, but to me it's about okay. I got 50 minutes to get to work. Sure. What can I get in the day? And what can I digest? Great. No, love it. You're up next. So my name is Emil. Uh, I'm an artist too, currently in a music business program at Metalworks and um, interning at CMW where we're at right now. And how I stumbled upon Rick is I bumped into Dre and he told me, hey. Rick, <laughs> <laughs> go upstairs. Go upstairs and meet this guy. Come chit chat. And that now, is so uh, funny. Having a good time. All right, Dre. My name is Dre Fayo. Uh, my background is in songwriting. Right now I'm doing a bunch of work in music media. I'm also a recording artist. Uh, done some work actually for Rick as well for social media work. Kind of wearing multiple hats, being the multi-dimensional artist I feel like you got to be today. Cool. All right, you're up. My name is Joshua. Um, I'm an artist. I go by the name of No Match. I'm a singer, songwriter, rapper from Toronto. And uh, yeah, I met Rick at Canadian Music 
week he gave an awesome performance and then from then on I followed him on social media listened to all his podcasts and uh, and uh, just kept following have you not gotten into any of my programs yet I haven't yet okay so here's the deal tomorrow what's gonna happen I'm gonna I'm gonna make the ultimate pitch for the Canadians I'm gonna switch my exchange rate tomorrow for 30 minutes when I'm done for 30 minutes it can be Canadian dollar instead of US dollar after that it goes back up to US dollars oh so if that doesn't work for you guys I don't know because <laughs> I can't get factor to give like grants for my stuff but so for those of you listening to the podcast that don't understand so there's this thing up here in Canada where their government supports the arts and the artist can go and apply for this grant this grant money and I was teasing them a few years ago I said you know the reason why none of you have social media that's worth anything is because there's not a grant for it you know it's like what they'll do is the government will give you money to record but you don't have an audience instead of waiting and you know Dre and I just talked about this a little bit I said sometimes I think that's doing a disservice because it's like why don't we make them like in any job like you can't just go to college and say I'm going to be a senior this year you know there's things that you have to do in order to get to that next level and if that's the way the money was handed out to say okay we're going to give you we're going to give you money for branding building who you are setting up your socials doing this stuff then once you hit this engagement level we'll release this money for recording then we have to put aside some money for marketing which everyone forgets they put all their money into just the recording of the record and then they're out there trying to build an audience with a whole bunch of songs that are unfamiliar to no one and get a bunch of strangers to like what they like so I'm crossing my fingers that hopefully down the road one day they'll start that for decline whoever's trying to call because we're in the middle of recording a podcast it's like oh, yeah. chit chat with the fellas here right now so you came here with an idea question what, what can I serve you with what can I answer for you um I guess because I'm coming at it, I'm not sure. To be honest, I'm not on part of your part of your course. Either. All right, tomorrow you're going to get a great offer. Great major. <laughs> um, are you coming to CMW? Uh, no, I uh, couldn't okay. afford it this year, so okay. taking advantage of situations like this. Got it. I saw a, uh, a panel uh, not too long ago. Daryl Hers, who runs at yep. Indie Week, yep. said just come out to the hotel lobby if you Absolutely. can't get a pass. Get the hotel lobby. We no, I love drinks. that hustle. I love that hustle. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so just taking advantage of opportunities like sure. this. Okay. Um, um, so, so you do you have a lot of artists and managers? That I have a lot artists? of managers. Well, here's the thing: is that what I teach is the business. Yeah. So I have artist managers, I have producers, I have people that are just singers, songwriters. Yeah. I have real estate agents because a lot of what I teach with the social media is I always tell the creatives, "You create it, I'll teach you how to get rid of it." Right. But the things that I like to focus on too is with my group coaching, is it gives an artist manager an opportunity to bounce ideas off me. This is hey, here's the situation situations my band's in, what would you do? Yeah. You know, if this opportunity came about, how would you handle it? Yeah. You know, that's what it is that I do. That's why I do the coaching the way that I do it is that people are allowed to send me questions. I answer these questions, but it's very specific to their needs because somebody else, you may have this question about touring and Emil may be going, man, that's a good question. And now he's got that knowledge. He just heard it to be able to go back and reference it. So it's like I started a while ago as 
12 people paid a lot of money to have access to me and they text me, called, did whatever. And it's like half of them stopped doing the work. And I realized a long time ago, not all money is the right money, you know? So it's like, it wasn't, I wasn't fulfilled with it. It wasn't anything. And then I said, okay, let me lower the prices. Let me make it affordable, but I still want people to have skin in the game. Cause if they don't pay, they don't pay attention. The value of free is nothing, you know? And, and I learned that lesson the hard way too, is it's like, I would get, I would, someone would buy something from me and then I would gift them a really cool program that I created that I'd sell for like 250 to everyone else. And I'd say, you buy this, I'll gift you this. And I noticed they never logged in. It didn't have any value. It's like, so I said, Hey, I want to be that Martin guitar that you've invested in or that new, you know, turn, not turntables anymore or whatever, you know, program, whatever. I want to be the one that you take pride in. I want to be the one that you're proud of, that you're going to open up and that you're going to use. So, yeah. So the management stuff, you get to hear how I answer all these artists questions because your artists will ultimately have those questions and you're going to want to know exactly how to be able to do that. You're also too, as as I'm going to say to you is be careful that you find artists that are willing to work as hard as you are. If you look for the artist that is like, Oh my gosh, thanks. You're along here. Let me hand all my stuff off to you. That's not a good artist that you want to be with because it's their business. Okay. You work for them. So for in my position, it's like, I'm always going to outwork, but it just can't appear that way. You know, I want an artist that's willing to roll up their sleeves and get dirty. That's why Taylor and I work so well together is she just wanted to know what work needed to be done. And I said, okay, this is the work that needs to be done. This is how we go out and get it done. Same thing for you is it's like constantly educate yourself. There's a lot of resources that are out there. Obviously that's how you found me. And I respect that. But when it comes to conferences like this, what was the lowest ticket price that was made available? Probably pretty cheap. Make it happen. Put it on a credit card. You know, it's like the education that you could get, the one nugget that you could take away that changes everything is worth that. You know, I just recently, as you know, a lot of people from the last podcast talked about, I finally got a chance to meet Gary B. So Tony, uh, Tony Robbins, Gary, were coming to Nashville. I went ahead and bought the $400 ticket just because I wanted to sit up close. And there was a free Q&A with Damon John, you know, and they bought lunch. So I'm like, hey, I'll be in on this. Well, then a couple of days later, they said, hey, listen, for platinum ticket holders, which I was, Gary has agreed to do a deep dive with 20 people and he said what would that be worth I said that'd be priceless for me I said he didn't really know my history with Gary or what was going on and it turned out to be three grand in a second because what can come from that the type of people you meet in those rooms are the type of people that can change everything so I get in with Gary the only thing I'm guaranteed is a question and a picture he answers questions for everybody. I learned so much how he's helping them. I get my picture and then I get to share with him that Gary, by the way, I just signed a contract with Vayner Studios, your production company that runs your podcast. And now you guys are distributing my podcast. Now, how much is that press release worth with a picture of Gary V? A lot more than the three grand that I invested to be there. But what was even cooler is there were a couple of girls in there that heard Gary and I having that conversation about a podcast. And they said, hey, could we hire you to help us set up our podcast? 
podcast. We live here in Nashville. I'm like, why? Yes, you can. And I made the three grand all in a day. You know, it was like, and that's how this business works. You know, don't be afraid to invest in yourself. You should always say, what can I do to make sure that I get there? Not, eh, I can't get there. So I'm going to challenge you in the future. Yeah, I, I made steps. I actually uh, purchased the Profitable Musician Summit. I got it. I got that. So I'm got it. starting there. Absolutely. So, uh, Best $97 you spent. Yeah. Well, it was American, so it was like 130 Yeah, but yeah. see, <laughs> tomorrow, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that's so, funny. Anyways. The conversion. <laughs> the conversion, yeah. Yeah, the conversion. Yeah. And, and sorry, just, just one more to piggyback yeah. on that. For the artist's story, when they're first starting out, how much more important is the artist's story compared to the music? The, it, it all, if, if the music sucks, we can't do anything for them. Yeah. Okay, I don't care how great your story is if your music sucks. Right. Uh, what we've learned in, in America... Uh, with American Idol and The Voice is the TV shows are all about the story. The music's actually secondary and that's why none of those people go off really to do anything that made for great television. But as noisy and crowded as the market is with the internet, I mean, my mother-in-law could put a song on iTunes tonight if she wanted to. You know, that's how crowded this internet space is. People are ultimately going to connect with the band. They're going to find out about them through the music and then they're going to stay with them because they feel a connection to them. That's why it's so important that artists utilize social media as a way to engage, not just always promote. There's no shortage of pretty people that can sing, ugly people that can sing, straight people, transgender, they, thems, whatever the heck anybody wants to call themselves these days. It doesn't matter. There's no shortage of talent. But once I find you, where's our connection? That's where we relate. Do we like the same movies? Do we like the same books? Is your personality kind of like mine? Are our beliefs the same? You know, it's like that's where their story really comes into play. And if you're with a band, I was with a band the other night on one of my coaching calls. Uh, They're called Epic the Band. They're a Christian uh, pop band out of Florida. And you go to their website and you've got these six people. But there's not an about section. There's an about section about Epic the Band, which is about a paragraph long. I'm like, there's six individual personalities that we need to get to know. Because not all everyone's going to relate with every person at this table but we're going to find the one that we most relate to and that's who we're going to be drawn to you knew who all the Backstreet Boys were you knew who all One Direction was it wasn't just one dude that's the same with the band is you just got to make sure but bring the story in as often as you, as you can because that's the one thing that would, does set us apart yeah Okay. Cool. Cool. You're up next. Single EP or LP? Uh, okay. Both. Yes and all. Uh, <laughs> we live in a singles world. Uh, the reason why hip hop, which is the genre that you do, uh, is the biggest s- streaming is because of the consistency of the product. It comes out every single week. They're used to flowing it out there. Now, there's also an advantage to that. So now with the streaming platforms, if you release a single and you do it two weeks, submit it two weeks before your release date, that single now gets to be sent to everyone's release radar who follows you on Spotify. We'll just use them as an example. You also get an opportunity to submit the song for playlist consideration. If you submit a record, if you just upload a record, you only get to choose one song. So why not let all those little individual then drive people towards the product? Now, do you perform live at all? Oh, yeah. Then have a full-length 
hard copy version that you can sell at your live shows, but release your singles digitally. And then when they're complete, upload the whole entire record afterwards. And then you can pick another song from there to submit. Long form really depends on your audience if they're ready for it. You know, a lot of times people, the reason that the whole EP thing started again, even at the label level, is because they were able to release three times a year versus one time a year. Correct. Three buying opportunities. And it really just depends on your fan base. How big is your fan base? Um, right now I'm doing shows at like a 200 cap. Okay, online. Like my social media? Meeting how many fans do you have online? Because you like can... 1,400. Okay. So you're trying to build your career off of a live audience. Oh, definitely. It helps so much. Okay. So this is a venue. Your phone. Instagram Live is a venue. Facebook Live is a venue. Worldwide venue. So you're not touring the world yet, right? No. Okay. If you want to tour the world, you can turn on your phone right now and you can start throwing down on Instagram Live and then I come on and you tap me and I say, hey, Rick, what's going on? And now all of my followers get notified that I'm live. So now you just got introduced to my audience because they're coming on to see what the hell it is I'm talking about. So you go find four or five rappers and people that you like that you could collaborate with and you guys start going live on each other's Instagram page and now all of a sudden you got worldwide audience. Now all of a sudden people are waiting for you and anticipating you. I just went to a show through, uh, earlier last week of a young lady that three years ago she started doing Facebook Lives. She just sold out the Franklin Theater. She sold uh, 64 VIP tickets at $397 each. Right now she's making about $200,000 a year. She's doing nothing but house concerts. Don, she, Don Byer, yep. She got flown to Europe to sing at a wedding. They paid for her to fly there and they met her on Facebook doing a Facebook Live. That's your venue. I use Instagram Store. I'll sit out at night. He's been there. I'll do Instagram lives. I'll sit there having a cigar, answering questions. All my The later it gets, the darker my audience gets. All my hip-hop guys from Atlanta show up. I love them. They got the best questions. They really do. It's so much fun. But that's me performing. That's me having a worldwide audience. I'll have people from other countries, other states, other cities. You should do the same thing. So yes to singles, yes to EP, yes to LP. Depends on your audience. All of them and what they're wanting. How often do you write? What's your catalog size-wise, music-wise? Right now, um, it's one project, about 10 songs and three singles before that. Okay. But, I did, but I did, I think, a part of what you were talking about. So before I dropped my very first project, um, I had three singles with three music videos, and then I compiled my full project with 10 brand new songs. Yep. And then I dropped three songs as singles leading up. Then I did um, a show, and it, the day before my album dropped, and then and that show sold out and then it was kind of like an invitation for the people that decided to come that like my previous songs that I did to come and like um, get an option to buy the CD okay. I sold out of the CDs I Great. 100 CDs yeah no that's so fantastic that. yeah also too is that keep in mind that you're not under the same rules as the labels so you don't have to release singles mm -hmm. because what happens is is if we think in that singles mentality we think well that's my old single now I'm on to this new single mm -hmm. that's brand new to somebody 
somebody every day, unless you got seven billion people that have found it. So seven billion right. people in the world. Yeah. Okay. And we could probably say there's at least a billion that like hip hop and rap. Mm -hmm. I would guess, and that's probably on the the lower end. So it's always new to someone else. So you constantly got to recycle. And I'll talk a little bit about tomorrow. I'm going to show people how to take their uh, Spotify and turn their social media into their own radio station. And get tons of plays and tons of plays and tons of plays so you need to figure out a way to sneak in and you'll take your break at that time so you can be there <laughs> awesome dre yes um i got a question for you that's more about managing about you can hear the canadian in it. <laughs> <laughs> about. Your own number. yeah no i'm fine with it i'll take you guys to tim hortons <laughs> <laughs> um, a question about um, managing kind of the following that you have and I find that I get a lot of people reaching out for help or just some sort of guidance okay. and I'm a super emotional dude and I want to answer all of them Got it. some of them it's hard man you, you, it, it is. a lot of stuff it is. I want to answer everybody but at what point do you how do you know? Because I'm sure you get a bunch of DMs and stuff. Sure. How do you know? Do you answer them all? I, like? I, I acknowledge okay. all of them. I might not answer all their questions. Okay. Okay. Because that's a service I provide. That's how I pay my bills. That's how I provide for my family. And then I also owe it to the clients who've invested in me to not just give out information that they've invested to get from me just to anybody who asks. So I'll always give a nibble or I'll always guide them to where so you know what that's a great question matter of fact episode number 53 of the podcast or if you want to go take my assessment or if you want to go watch my free training i always have some place to send them they see here's the thing that everyone needs to understand my job even if you pay me is not to give you the answers to everything it's to guide you to the answers you never want to be dependent on one person knowing everything. My job is to coach you to get them. And a lot of times I'll say, you know what, that's a great question. Let's learn it together. And then usually I start with Professor Google. How to, it's like if somebody comes to me with a how to or what to, I'm like, you better go to Google. Don't waste my time with that because that's what I'm gonna do. You're gonna ask me a question. I'm not an expert in that. I'm gonna go to Google. No, you go to Google. You have a legal question. I'm gonna reach out to my attorney, entertainment attorneys. You have a publishing question. I'm gonna reach out to one of my publishing friends. Uh, you've got a question that's kind of unique. You wanna say, hey, I'm getting ready to plan this tour. I want to reach out to a couple venues I've never reached out before. What should I say? You can't Google that. That's a great way to come with me. So it really depends on the questions that they're asking. Also, too, so I'm in, I'm in recovery. I'm 27 years sober. I don't enable anyone. It's like being an Al-Anon is what they call it. It's like I can't enable someone. It's like if I'm constantly, you know who's whiny. You know who's serious. You know who's looking for a shortcut. You've got a good detector of that kind of stuff. If somebody seriously needs help, I mean, I've had, I have never turned anyone down from coming into my program. It may start at five bucks and they pay me five bucks for 20 weeks or something. But I, I don't do anyone any service by constantly just helping them and not teaching them how to help themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. So have outlets. So you know what? That's a great question. Here's a program that I, here's how I learned how to do Instagram and send them there. Don't tell them how to do it. 
you didn't get told you did it you know here's how I mean my book's called the $150,000 music degree one because that's what my salary was I learned everything about being a manager by being a manager Paul, I didn't finish high school. I was a drug addict. They don't make reliable students. They tend not to show up, you know? And then when I got sober, I wanted to fast track my learning. So that's why I did self-learning. I would buy mentorships. I would buy courses. I would buy programs. I would say, Emil, listen, you're the expert in this area. Can I buy an hour of your time and ask you these questions? And then usually they would say, yeah, but if you buy an hour of my time, I'm not going to let you ask me questions because you're going to ask the wrong ones. Let me tell you what you need to be doing. So that's why this kind of stuff is super important is being able to hang around with the right people. So if you feel like you want to answer every question, go for it. If not, you could even put a link on your Instagram that said the FAQs, the frequently asked questions. If you go to any business, that's what they have. The frequently asked questions. One of the things I say, I actually, I just took it down. I used to say in my bio was don't DM me asking me to listen to your music. It's like you have, most of them have never subscribed to my podcast. I could ask them, have you subscribed to my podcast? No. Have you left a review for my podcast? Well, obviously you haven't listened to it. So you're, you won't go do something where you can learn all the stuff you're asking, but you wanted me to take that time out of my day. We've never met to come in, listen to your music, give you my opinion of it. That's time I'll never get back. You haven't even invested any time into me by listening to my free education pieces. So I do a little research and homework sometimes. And on occasion, I'll bust some balls, <laughs> you know, but just on occasion, not all the time. Oh, yeah, totally, man. I think I, I think the toughest part that I have is a lot of like one specifically I have a question that is sitting in my DM and I want to answer it, but I don't I feel uncomfortable telling the truth because the question is something along the lines of. I have a family, I have kids, and I love music, and he's kind of putting music at the forefront, Sure. and he's struggling to support his family, asking for help, and it's like, I almost want to tell him, like, you got to take care of your family as much as you love me. You love Why music. can't you tell him that? I feel bad because, dude, you're like, not a dream killer. <laughs> That's what I'm afraid of. Exactly. No, but here's the thing. It's like, look, convenience and opportunity don't always go hand in hand. You know, a lot of times, how it's like, and, and here's where I, Gary said the great thing, and I talked about this on my last episode of the podcast. When people start basing their success on the level of happiness they have versus the level of followers, the amount of money, and all that stuff, we're going to be a whole different world. We're going to be a whole different society. Some people are destined to be weekend warriors. That's all it is. They're going to work a nine to five, they're going to have the family, and then they're going to go play cover songs, drink beer with their buddies, and play at the bar. And that is okay if that's what it is that you love doing and I tell people if you could make 50 grand a year US <laughs> doing what you love you're making a lot more than some teachers some first-year law students people coming out of college with debt you know there's all kinds of stuff you know it's like first-year law students you know doing what it is that you love people have to be okay with that it's like we're basing, we're, we're, we're sitting there going to ourselves going, man, if I'm not successful in a year, it's like, no, let's think about a lifetime. Let's, let's, let's stop judging our and valuing our whole worth on what's going to happen this year. It's like, you're going to be coming out of college. Next steps for you is to say, you know what? Okay. 
that was a good time. I got that out of the way. Now what it is that I want to do? Well, I want to go learn more about the business. So like we were talking about, you're going to want to go work at some labels, you said. I think that's smart for an artist. I think every artist should go learn if that's ultimately where they might want to get to. You know, right now, you don't need to be at a, at a label to be successful. You need to get your mind right. That's what everybody understands because all the tools that the labels used to have access to that they only had access to, you hear the term gatekeepers, you now have the ability to register your own music, record your own music. We don't need their big expensive budgets anymore that put us in super crazy debt. Everybody's recording on their laptops, half the music. You can get it uploaded to Spotify and iTunes without their help. You can collect your own your money without their help your you can go contact venues you've got your own video camera now you don't need mtv they had the relationships you know everything we needed those labels for we don't need anymore so what i would say to the guy is this is to say what is your ultimate goal that's the first question i ask everyone because there is no cookie cutter answer i wish there were i'd make more money i'd be on the on the corner selling the cookie cutter answer but there's not so we have to ask what is the goal if he says, I want to be able to support my family, say, and what's the size of your audience? I don't really have an audience right now. Then honestly, that's going to be a little tough because we're not, we're in a business where we're splitting pennies now or percentages of pennies, even American, not even dollars. You don't have an audience, so you have no one to tour to with. That's where the majority of money's being made right now is on the road. You know, you don't have an audience that you can put bundles together and sell products. So I'm like, look, let's go find a hundred or a thousand people in the world and give them a $50 buying opportunity a year and you're making 50 grand. That's not that hard to make 50 grand if you have the audience, but you've got to build the audience first to know what it is that they want. So you know what it is that you can sell to them. What most artists are doing is just showing up with music that they've created, that the audience had zero input. And it's like getting a bunch of strangers to say, like my stuff, like my stuff, like my stuff, <laughs> when the tools are there for us right now to be able to go out and absolutely do this. So I would just ask him what his goal is and say, look, here's the reality. You know, it takes a long time. If it were easy, everyone would be doing it. You know, it's a, there's a difference between the difference between a, a, a good artist, someone you hear on the radio and a superstar, it's work ethic and the understanding of the business. There's better singers than some of our biggest superstars. But what do our superstars all have in common? They're smart business people. They treat it like a business. They know everything that's going on in their business. Nobody woke up with an audience. We all started at zero. Taylor started at zero. Jay-Z started at zero. Michael Jackson started at zero. I started at zero. Charlie the Kid started at zero. He may still be at zero. You never know. But no one woke Yes, please. No one woke up with an audience and a lot of people have gone through so uh, don't be afraid to have those conversations with folks and if he gets all crazy on you remind him you reached out to me bro <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell him to listen to this podcast yes tell him episode 125 of the Music Industry Blueprint podcast which is a little longer than you like but <laughs> that's okay alright I'm 
here we go yeah my question is like you talked about building an audience before releasing music but like how do you know at what point your audience is large enough that you should release music like, no I don't say wait to build, have an audience to release music because you need to use your music if, I, if you're doing it right you're going to use your music to build that audience but don't just show up with fully produced ready to sell so what I like to do is this is I like to let fans have demos have work tapes have all that stuff and then the final product they're in anticipation of it because they it's like birth of a baby it's like oh look he's beautiful you know the royal baby is born and then in a year we're all going to be excited to see what this kid looks like in a year kind of the same thing with your music you know so you're going to have to go test your music out on people and stuff what I'm saying is don't come out asking them to buy on the first date yeah because you know newsflash the internet one the consumer today at the taping of this May 8 2019 a fan a music consumer does not have to purchase music in order to listen to it so Ooh, everybody's like, oh, shit, why am I getting in this business then? Because there's never been a bigger demand on the touring side, the merch side, the bundle side, the other side. So what happens is this, is they're going to find your music for free anyway. So if you're coming out, Chance the Rapper, Chance the Rapper was smart because what he said was is, dude, they're getting my music for free anyway. Why don't it, I make it sound like I'm giving it to them for free while everybody else is saying, you got to do it. He's like... Here, take my music. It's free. It worked. He won a Grammy. First time that they were able to calculate streams. He said, look, if people are streaming anyway, why should I fight with them? Yes, I believe my music has value. I believe I should be paid for it. But let me ask you this question. Is there a bigger markup on that number three hat that he put on his head or on that download that you get from iTunes? <laughs> He's smart. He's smart. So he just kind of put it out there. And then you're going to monetize them later. You know, they're going to go, they're going to have to taste some of your stuff. They're going to have to, then maybe find a YouTube video. It's like they hear your song on Spotify or they hear your song. However, you run Facebook ads. Like I taught everybody how to do to get attention. Then what they're going to do next is they're going to start investigating a little bit. Let me see more about what this guy's about. I like his music. I kind of dig his stuff. What's his story? Goes back to the artist story thing that we talked about a second ago. Wow. He's a believer. I'm a believer. Wow. He likes the Transformers. I like the Transformers. Oh, my God. He read Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. Wait. He grew up poor. I grew up poor. Wow. He learned the industry by himself with no fancy. Wow. That may be somebody I can learn from because he learned it the same way I did. You know, it's like when I go speak at these colleges, the reason they bring in adjunct professors is because they just bring somebody in in an area of expertise. You know, college, I would have loved to have gone to college. Last year, I was speaking at the MBA program at Belmont University, and my assistant now came from that meeting. I said, the funniest thing is all you guys are in here in your fifth and sixth year. I didn't even finish high school, and you got to listen to me for the next two hours. And then I started busting up laughing. It was like, it was like perfect that this went down. But what you want to be able to do is use your music in order to build the audience. But when it comes time for the monetization, make sure that there's a relationship. Make sure there's some reciprocity. It's like, man, Josh shows up all the time. He's always giving me stuff. He's always coming to us, answering, you know. Yeah, I'll support him. Yeah, I'll support him. Why not? 
So what else? That was a short question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that one really concerned me. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because it's like, what point? Like, I have like people who like my music, but like, what point is it that? Is there a point like where you're saying, okay, now you can release this to them, or you shouldn't release this until you build that, or like? No, I don't think to- no no two artists' career paths have ever been the same. Once again, it goes back to what I was explaining with with him is that is your audience ready for it they'll tell you you know it's like why we do the facebook lives it's like we throw up a virtual tip jar we do it through a thing called paypal.me it's like you have a paypal account you do paypal.me people click on it it shows up it has zeros i can type in five bucks and tip you five bucks and it comes right to your paypal account that's he mentioned dawn buyer that's how she she does a lot of it there are people that want to support your career what you want to do is get them in a position to start having those conversations. Hey, you know, Rick, you've been here for, for a while. Help me set up a, a show in your area. I would love to come down and hang out with you and all your friends. You know, you've been supporting me for a while. What can I do to get down in your area? It sounds like you're wanting to come down and support him in his area. No, you want a damn show. <laughs> you know, but you're, you're patting him on the back saying, look, I, I see you. I know you're there. You've been supporting me for a long time. What can I do? Some people are going to ask you, hey, how can I support you? Well, I want a tour this summer and I don't have money to for the first run of t-shirts. You'd be surprised. Somebody'd say, how much is it going to cost? Oh, wow. And they'll, oh, no, it happens all the time. Wow. Yeah, you guys are broke because you're afraid to ask for money. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah. I, yeah. In, in the United States, every day I get off on the wedge, Wedgewood's the exit I, I get off on. There's three or four dudes with a sign that I give money to on a regular basis. Why? One, because they ask. Two, they tell me exactly what they need it for. Buy beer. <laughs> Homeless vet. <laughs> Weed. Whatever. They tell me what they need. We don't tell anybody everything. Somebody who ever said it a long time ago. Artists. Because here's the thing. Fans, respectfully, think that you guys all have it made because they may hear you on Spotify or you put this big front up. So who walks up to a rich guy and goes, hey, bro, you need any money? Yeah. Nobody. <laughs> so that's why artists need to stop fronting. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like there's a lot of unhappy people on Instagram, yeah. but you wouldn't know it because they're taking pictures in front of the beach or they're taking <laughs> pictures in this fancy car. Yeah. Half those guys wearing those watches from the middle of the mall, as we call it. <laughs> they're not real. You know, they'll jump a fence to take a picture in front of a yeah. <laughs> it's like we it's like but it's like Gary said it the funniest Gary V goes he says we are spending so much time and so much money trying to impress people that we don't like it's like <laughs> as a society it's like it's true yeah so, so true so the thing is is when the time's right have those conversations you've been bouncing around here long enough how much are you at 40 grand yet 50 grand with your music no why I haven't asked. You're right. You're right. Okay. You have to create opportunities for them to buy. Yeah. You can't keep coming to these seminars, getting education, and not using it. Yeah. You get some point, the learning's got to stop, and the swift kick in the butt's got to start. But just make the commitment to yourself to say, look, this month, I mean, I'll give you guys a real, real story. So I walked away from a six-figure consulting job, and that was the only guaranteed money that I have every month coming in was this check 
from this company. But I knew that in order to put a fire under me and in order to build my business the way that I needed it to do, I needed to walk away from that. So I got a couple months cushion and I went all in. And that first month away from them, I did three times what I normally do in a month because I took the safety net away. Sometimes we just got to jump. You really do. You just got to jump. And, and I have a family, so my jump's a little farther and a little harder. But you know what? Nothing fires you up more every day going, the only person I have to blame if this shit don't work, I'm looking at him in the mirror. The only person I have to blame for anything. You know, and I quote Gary a lot. Gary says the same thing. The only person you have to blame for anything is you. If you don't like your employee, you hired them. <laughs> it's on you. If they're not working well enough, you train them. It's on you. You know, so sometimes we have to do that. It's like I was telling Dre earlier. It's like, I don't get paid to come to Canadian Music Week. I don't get my room covered. I don't get my airline ticket covered. I come here because I'm building my brand. I come here hoping that I said something that struck a chord with someone that said, you know what? I wanted, if, if that's what he gave me for free, I could only imagine what it's like to work with him. I can only, if that's what he just gave to all of us, I can only imagine. And some people, it takes longer than others. You know, I've known these guys for a couple years. When the time's right, the time's right. Maybe it's this year, maybe it's not. But someone in that room is going to hear something that they needed to hear. Someone listening to this podcast is going to follow this podcast. They're going to go to uh, rickbarker.com forward slash assessment and take the assessment, set up a discovery call, find out if working with me is right for them. That's something else that I changed this year. Now we do discovery calls. I have the girls that work in my office. They know the questions to ask. I'm not on the calls in the beginning because people would just call up and ask me how to use Instagram and Twitter. No, let's find out if you're right for this because if you're right, I'm all in. You know, but the problem was, is, Dre, I was being too all in all the time and it was taken away from what I was able to give to the people that I work with. So we're going to get one more with Charlie the Kid. Trevor, what you up? got a question? Yeah, I wanted to ask. I was listening to a podcast the other day of yours. Okay. And you were talking about um, someone had called in. I think it was your... Uh, this, this, this gentleman called in and asked about how long to wait to release stuff and um, you said independents don't release major labels do releases yeah I was talking about earlier about this about singles you're not under the yeah. same restrictions I think you should actually be releasing music as often as you can mm -hmm. because we're in a society where it's like when I launched my podcast for example mm -hmm. I launched it with five episodes at once because if you took the first eight minutes and liked it I didn't want you to have to wait again because you could get distracted you might never get yeah. back to me same thing with music when you find an artist that you like do you just go okay I'm good that'll hold me over till the next time he releases something or you want to hear more stuff usually you want to dive in yeah exactly so the thing is those of you that's why I always tell every artist that can learn how to produce at least your own demos or roughs or something that you can constantly put out stuff because the quality it's like here's the thing as long as you got a good vocal especially if you're in a format where the vocal up makes important, where we're having to listen to it. If it's beat, as long as the beats are good, they're solid, as long as the quality is there, release this stuff out, see what people get drawn to, and then go in the studio and spend money recording the one. Because you may have 10 songs that you put out, and there may be five that people are just sharing a lot. That's going to be your bond, your job then to go look at the data. You know, you were talking about spreadsheets and stuff where they go, okay, that song, that really wasn't my favorite, but boy, the 
fans are loving the heck out of it, then those are the ones that you end up starting and to work on. But I, I myself would, would try to at least do monthly at a minimum. Mm. At a, with the tools that are available to us today, monthly at a minimum. And would you put in the same effort as an independent than you would with a big release? Like, are you going to do all the Facebook ads and get yes. a, a promotion for each one as well? But see, here's, no, well, here's the thing. You, you, you could do Instagram Lives on every one that'll get more traction sometimes than a Facebook ad. All these are your babies. You should use every tool that you have to get it out there. You shouldn't spend tons of money on all of them. I don't think you should spend tons of money on any of them until you find the one that resonated with your audience and then you go spend that money on Facebook to find let prove your winner let your winner prove okay. itself okay once you find that winner so if you went and spent 5,000 on this one or 500 on this one 500 on this one 500 on this one and this turned out to be the one that everybody liked and no one really connected with these other two imagine what the winner could have done with $15,000 yeah. promotion on it you would have blown it up at that point so, but we, and what's cool with Facebook is we can throw $5, $5, $5. So when I run an ad, now we're getting technical. So I'll have the same campaign. What I'm looking for will be video views. So then I'll do three different ad sets. I'll do my CD Baby, TuneCore, Banzoogle, Spotify audience. I'll do my, I'll have three different audiences. They'll all see the same video. I'll put $5 on each one for three days. Then I'm going to see which audience working the best. And then what I'll do is I'll adjust the budgets. I'll never turn the other ones off. I'll leave a dollar a day on them to continually to churn. But I'll take that remaining budget and put it on the winner. Same recommendation I would do with music. Great. Put it out. Put it out. Put it out. See which one people come to. See which one that you could maybe get away with just walking around town, you know, with a sure shot, just kind of getting some video. Throw your music under the background of it. Throw some lyrics in there if you want you know we can do it on an iMovie but don't spend a ton of money trying to compete with the labels let them waste their freaking money we don't have to you know you're not under the same restrictions because what I was telling Emil earlier is he's like you release a single then in your mind is like eh that's an old song that's my last single no that's the first thing somebody may have heard to find you yep so they let's recycle them let's recycle them and that's what I'm going to teach tomorrow I'm going to say hey here's how we go Okay. Take every song that's on your Spotify playlist and we're going to schedule it to play 20 times on Twitter. What? 20 times? And then I'm going to show people how fast Twitter goes. No one ever sees it. You're not on Twitter right now, so if I just tweeted it, you didn't see it. You're not on Twitter. None of us are on Twitter right now. So when we sign on to Twitter, I hope it shows up. So the only way to do that is to schedule things multiple times. Everybody, you cannot overpost. I feel like this part of the, like the, just with artists, is it's a, you're afraid to just every day, like, just flood people because you feel like you're just throwing it in But face. you're not going to flood them because right. Facebook Facebook's not going to let you. Right. Facebook's job is to sell advertising, yeah. not to make Rick a star. Yeah. So if you've already engaged with my stuff or not engaged with my stuff on a couple of times, Facebook's going to say, I'm not going to mess with him anymore with Rick's stuff. I'm going to go mess with him yeah. and see if he does it. Totally, yeah. So we have to use the fact that Facebook is smarter than we are. So we just give it to Facebook. It's like when I run an ad, everybody will go, well, I'm going to go 18 to 34. 
bullshit. I'm going 18 to 65 and let Facebook figure out who's going to really do it. They're smarter than me. Here's I want. I only want women. Nah, we'll take men and women. Let Facebook figure out. There may be on occasion I may just be doing something for the women, but most of I just give it and say here's 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 my parameters. You go take care of the rest. They'll do their little work. They'll figure it all out. Then they'll get back to me with what worked. All right. Cool. All right. So guys, I know this is a little longer than normal. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to get back to the hotel room. Hopefully the audio is semi doable for what this is. Thank you guys so much for uh, coming and hanging out. Uh, there may be a couple pauses in here. If there were, I apologize. A couple people called. I did decline them though, by the way, they're now in voicemail, but uh, thanks again. Uh, give your handles. So everybody listening and I can get it into the show notes. So go ahead. Tell them who you are. At Charlie, the kid music on Instagram uh, at the Alex Heward project spelled Heward H U A R D on Instagram Emil 13 X E M I L one three X white Fetty Wap white Fetty Wap there you <laughs> go Dre Pale at Dre Pale music on spell it Dre D-R-E Pale P-A-O music on all the social platforms got it no underscore underscore match at uh, on Instagram and also you can follow No Match Entertainment at No Match underscore 416 on uh, Twitter. Peace. We're out from Canada, eh? <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Now, if you found value, please subscribe. If you know someone who could benefit from this podcast, please share. Also, I would love if we could follow each other on socials. Just follow me on whatever platform you use. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Rick Barker Music. Message me that you listen to the podcast and I will follow you back. Until next time, thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Music Industry Blueprint Podcast with Rick Barker. You can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Barker Music. And remember, you don't drown by falling into the water, you drown by staying there.